This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. We've got a really fun show for you today, not just because we're going to be covering the Oscars, but because we've got two special guests today. We've got Jeffrey Kahn joining us on the show, and we've got Craig Gagnier also joining us on the show yet again. These are two wonderful people who have been on the show before. Great to have them back. And of course, we have Nancy and Andres, as always. And today... We are not only going to be talking the big Oscar categories, but we're also going to be talking about a brand new trailer that came out of nowhere and has taken audiences by surprise in the best way possible. So let's jump right in. So yesterday, I think it was yesterday, yeah, the trailer for the new Dev Patel directed action film Monkey Man hit the interwebs. This movie came out of nowhere and originally was meant for streaming, but Jordan Peele saw it, who's producing the movie, and thought it was so good that he wanted to give it a theatrical run. So he went to Universal, and they agreed, and now it's coming out in theaters in April. What do we think of this trailer? Let's start with Khan. What do you think about this one? I mean, yeah, this came out of nowhere, and I was uh, totally surprised by it. Sorry, really quick. That sounded like you wanted like a full like response from everyone. <laughs> like, what do oh. we think about this trailer? <laughs> nah, no, nah, that would have been Yay. a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. Everybody wants to go. One, two, three. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. But yeah, I was I was totally surprised by by how good this trailer looks. Um, I I've always thought Dev Patel should be in more leading uh, projects, so this looks like a good vehicle for him. His own sort of John Wick. Uh, uh, and yeah, I think yeah, George Peele did a good thing bringing this uh, to theaters. Okay, all right, <laughs> Andres, how about you? Okay. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, usually. I, I was more surprised by the fact that this is um, Dev Patel's uh, directorial debut, I think. And with something as complex as an action movie, the first thing that I always worry about is just, is the actor going to be able to balance both the acting in the lead and, you know, the action uh, choreography and all the, all the other technical stuff that you have to make a thousand decisions a day when you're directing. And this movie so far, Looks like he 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 lived up to the tasks. So there you go. So right then and there, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks great. So yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> okay, two for two. Let's see about Nancy and Craig. Yeah, I think this trailer looks fantastic. I love how Jordan Peele was like, "Not on my watch. <laughs> this is going to theaters," which so so thankful because it looks fantastic. As soon as he puts the like actual monkey face on him uh -oh. i was like oh jesus like this is gonna be a very cool action movie so yeah, i'm looking forward to it yeah I'm, I'm intrigued by the uh um the mixture of tones that we see in the trailer like you know it's it, at some points you know at first it seems like this is going to be like an indian superhero movie but then at some points it also seems like a comedy like you know, where you see him like try to jump through the window. That was and, great. You know, oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. Um, but you know, like Andre Andres was saying, it's hard to you know hard to direct an action movie. This man learned he supped at the teat of M Night Shyamalan for seeing oh. firsthand how to make such a film. Oh like, no! I didn't think we'd bring up Larry Urban. How dare you! Yeah, so you know he learned how not to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that like I know say, I can do I, that. on the 
on the same page as Last Airbender. I saw the trailer for that and I thought it was a movie. I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And I was like, son of a bitch, it's a TV show. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, because I was like, oh, I was excited to cover it for our show. But oh, gotcha. <laughs> Pros and cons. Exactly. I feel like I went on a roller coaster when I watched this trailer because I initially saw it on Jordan Peele's page and i thought it was like his new movie and he was just dropping right. a trailer out of nowhere and i was like oh shit and you see like the monkey mask i was like oh man what is this movie and then it says from director dev patel i was like oh <laughs> and then all of a sudden i see the action happen and i was like oh <laughs> and then i was like what is this fucking movie and then the title card came up and i was like what <laughs> monkey like literally if you it was the only time i think i've ever been like animated watching a trailer because usually i'm just like stone-faced watching a trailer but i was just so surprised Surprised consistently watching this trailer. I mean, the John Wick comparisons are inevitable with like any action trailer yeah, now, but yeah. I will say, like, I think it, I mean, it in like a good way that it does look very similar to John Wick, just in that they're trying to do a lot of great stuff in camera. There, it looks like there's like a lot of extended takes, cool camera work. Like, it looks for like a debut feature, extremely impressive from Dev Patel. Like, the cinematography looks awesome, visually looks gorgeous. I like that it has a sense of humor about itself. It's great to see hot sauce used as a weapon. <laughs> as <laughs> I, I it rightfully that. should. I think that as, was like as, my favorite part of the what, trailer. Uh, Glass Onion showed us that hot uh, sauce yeah. can be a weapon. Weapon. Yeah, it's slowly coming yeah. up there <laughs> in like top antagonists in the story. Hot sauce is, is rising through the ranks. But yeah, I I think this looks fantastic. Like like I told Andres, I think when we were doing our uh, most anticipated uh, lists, I was just like, I feel like there's going to be a bunch of movies that like I'm not, they're not even on my radar that are going to come out of nowhere that are going to like jump to the top. Like I would say like this and like Abigail kind of came out of nowhere where like I just cannot wait to see both of these movies, and they're both dropping in April. April is shaping up to be a fantastic Ooh. month of movies, and so, and they're both from Universal. Yeah, oh, Universal's killing it right now. Hopefully, yeah. both of these uh, you know end up being just as good as these trailers make them out to be. But yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Glad you guys are on the same page. But now it is time for the main event: the Oscars. Plenty of categories to cover, plenty of snubs and emotional reactions to cover. So it is time. To finally dive in. So obviously the nominations for the 2024 Academy Awards were announced uh, this past week. So naturally we got to talk about it. Um, so of course we're going to start first and foremost with Best Picture. These are our new nominees this year and they are as follows. We have American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and the zone of interest. I was debating reading all the producers to really drag this out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I would have kicked you right off. I, 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 just, I was like thinking about it. I was like, nah, I'm not going to be a dick. But yeah, so what do we think about these nominees? You know, like what do we think of these choices? Are there any that we would have liked to seen slip in, you know, instead of one of the options that's on there? Let's start with Andres. What are your thoughts about these nominees? I think this is a pretty solid list so far. I mean, probably for me, the one questionable one that's there is Maestro because I I, I was very mixed on Maestro, and I don't think it was same yeah. particularly a solid a solid movie either. And then also with with the Academy being as pissed about um, Netflix sort of being one of the prime reasons that um, the strike had dragged out. I'm kind of surprised that they that they gave a bow to that. So, um, but probably one, probably 
there's a couple of things that I would have loved to have seen on there. I mean, I have a list right here, and it's all, and most of it is best picture stuff. I would have loved to have seen Color Purple on there because I think that actually is a very solid adaptation. Um, and it's also a musical too, and there's not too many of them here. Like, um, but probably the two biggest ones for me is Iron Claw. I think that, I think that should have been gotten a bigger push, but. If it was between Iron Claw and Past Lives, which I have not seen Past Lives yet, but I know the word of mouth on that one is that it's one of the best movies of the entire year. The momentum for the for the momentum for that movie is still going on, even though it released in the summer. So I, I'll be willing to understand A twenty four on that one too. But I would have loved to have seen Godzilla minus one get best picture as well, too. <laughs> having, of course having, you would. <laughs> just, having just seen minus one for the second time on Thursday, that movie actually jumped up even higher on my list of my, my top 10 for, um, for 2023. And it's now at number two. Yeah. Uh, it overtook iron. Claw. No Sorry. retroactive relisting. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> it final. No, it's, Listen, final. it's my list. I could do whatever I want with it. <laughs> Well, that was the contract he signed. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, how about you, Nancy and Craig? What would you uh, think of these nominees? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's pretty solid nominees. I I did see Past Lives, but I can't imagine it would. I don't know. I liked it about the same as I did, you know, the other nominees. I, let's see. I think I enjoyed the holdovers the most out of the nominees. Um, but I can't imagine that uh, Oppenheimer isn't going to win. Yeah, I'd say for for me, the biggest surprise in these nominees was the lack of surprises. I mean, it's, I, I kind of track. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I track the awards coverage all season, just kind of like as a kind of like a, a specifically. I track what variety, like their rankings of what will be, you know, potentially nominated for picture or not. To, just to you know, kind of to guide my viewing. And like, yeah, you know, these 10 had basically been in and around the top. It's, uh, you know, some variation all season long. This is identical 10 to what the Producers Guild nominated for their 10 Best Picture nominees. And honestly, usually we get like a swerve or two from the Academy, which uh, we did not see happen here. So it's, um, you know, I feel like um, Saltburn is one that I thought may have, you know, cracked the 10, which did, got, did not get a single nominee because apparently people, you know, the, the, the it's not quite the uh, um, Academy's uh, uh, cup of salt wa- salt bath water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know uh, and uh you know like there's a there were some speculation that there was some speculation that spider-man across the spider-verse could slip in for a nomination or the boy and the heron but there's you know it's so rare that they nominate that uh, animated features in the best uh, picture uh field so not really a surprise that those didn't get in there either but um uh as nancy said i'm i'm uh you know pretty sure it's just going to be oppenheimer all the way <laughs> All right, Con, where are we feeling? Yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty standard list. Usually, with the Oscars, there's always one film that I don't think is very good that should be on the list. But I think all of these ten are at least good films. Maybe they're not like <clears throat> great, but they're all varying degrees of good. Um, but yeah, I would. There's there's stuff that's missing that I would have put on. Uh, one that I don't think many people talked about, but I think was one of the best movies of the year was Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, I think that oh yeah, have, that was great. That should have seen that. That could have snuck its way on there. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, Godzilla minus one, yeah. Iron Claw, all of those I would have put in over 
stuff like Maestro and Kills of the Flower Moon. But that's just Craig said. <laughs> you know, nah, yeah, um, I agree. I I, th- I think we're right there with you because of what like Kills of the Flower Moon. I I I think we're all just kind of like it's good, but it's not like best picture. Like you know, oh man, I, let, let me tell you, my dad, my dad's a huge Scorsese fan, and he fu- like he's been waiting for it to come to Apple to watch or whatever. So he finally watched it last weekend, and I like. <laughs> I caught like him watching like the maybe like the last five minutes of the movie and it ended he was like thank fucking god he's like, <laughs> and he was like he's like that was his worst movie oh, oh my god well, it, just, it just never ended oh my god <laughs> i was like jesus no. like, so if there's anyone who has you know no minced words it's my dad <laughs> yeah. about that movie but listen, listen, I, I actually i actually really love the movie I mean, I liked it. I mean, I didn't love it, but I liked it. Right. I can appreciate the the craft. So I think it's, it was definitely always going to get nominated. Yeah, I knew it was definitely going to be nominated for sure. The only, the, really the only one on the list that you guys have already touched on that I was actually surprised got nominated for best picture was Maestro. Cause I just, I genuinely just don't really feel like it was like a best picture caliber movie. I mean, I really feel like Iron Claw should have got way more of a push in terms of like the acting categories, best picture, like hundred percent. I would have loved to seen that get in there. And then, of course, they hate animated movies when it comes to Best Picture. I would have loved to see. I would have loved to have seen Across the Spider Verse get in there. I mean, come on. Um, and also, Saltburn, I really loved too, which I thought that would have been a cool, edgy choice to throw in there too. Yeah. But uh, other than that, pretty standard. And weirdly well, enough, it seems like it seems like the Best Picture battle seems to be between like Oppenheimer and it seems like the holdovers is like really rising through the ranks in terms of popularity like even they're saying that paul giamatti might even win best actor over killian murphy which would be bananas oh yeah we'll we'll get there yeah we'll touch on that that later one of of the reasons uh, i think uh uh, meister did get that push you know it it was it is uh now uh the 13th ever best picture nomination for steven spielberg so yeah that spielberg name attached as producer Mm. you know yeah Yeah, there you go they they just want steven spielberg to to come to the party guys (laughs) they just want him to be there Once, once right. they start letting people vote over TikTok, you'll get salt burn in. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's how you do it. I hate how accurate chat. that statement is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. But uh, speaking what was, of what was the, um What was that category that uh, that was like best? Like, Popular like, film? Oh, yeah. They got rid of that uh, fast. I don't mind no, it. no, no, no. The, um, no I don't mind it. At the Golden Globes. Oh, the no. cinematic and box office achievement? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh that's God. bullshit. Were <laughs> you talking about the Zack Snyder internet vote things that we did? Oh, no, that thing, yeah. That too. That was, that was, oh, yeah. That was, that was I didn't like the most fan-worthy yeah, moment or something, whatever it was called. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, yeah, uh, like, yeah. like the speed before. Yeah, there, there, there is no way. Like, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit, but I'm like, there's no way that that overtakes three Spider-Men showing up. <laughs> yeah, no shot. No shot. Thank God they got rid of yeah. <laughs> but now we trudge forward to the best director category. And in best directing, the nominees are Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. So we got our nominees here. We'll start with Khan. What did we think about these nominees, sir? Yeah, this was also I was I think I was most people were surprised that Justine Triette got an over Greta Gerwig. Not that there has to only be one woman nominated because you can nominate multiple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But apparently the Academy thinks the, the maximum is one. Uh, but yeah, this seems like it's a solid five. I would have obviously put in other people. Uh, I think uh, what is it Takashi Yamazaki for Godzilla minus one. I think that yeah, um, that would have been a fun 
fun swerve. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is, is probably Nolan's to lose and everyone else is just happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Nancy and Craig? What do you think? Oh, so for me, you know, I, I feel like, yes, uh, it's a little, a little, a little surprising Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated, but really for me, the bigger snub was Alexander Payne, especially as you said, if, if it hold over is gaining steam, like no one's talking about the fact that Alexander Payne didn't even get nominated for best director. Right, that's a strike against kind of why, Yeah. Which is, yeah, which I, I don't think, I don't think Oppenheimer is going to get touched, honestly, a picture or director. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like, you know, maybe this is the American bias in me, but I feel like I'd probably put in uh, Gerwig and Payne over Glazer and Triette, but, but you know, I would know. I just, those were two, no, like, no, no. those, those were two films personal, that were in the bottom personal. half of my, yeah. bottom half of my top 10 versus the, the top half of my top 10, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like we're, we, you know, I think throughout here, we will see for better or worse, the impact of the uh, international branch of the Academy as we've kind of expanded it. And it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's going to be something that makes the Oscars more accessible that we, you know, it's, you know, they, they did these, you know, kind of gimmicky things like doing the, the Zack Snyder thing we just talked about or having, you know, like social media influencers present awards. And it's like, you know, you know, it'd make people, you know, actually interested in the Oscars is, I don't know, nominating movies that they've seen and liked. <laughs> or having someone slap someone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I personally think it's fine that Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated as much as I do. See, like I didn't Barbie. want to say it. I needed someone else to say it. <laughs> okay, good. The woman on the show, I just The woman on the show. No, honestly, if any, <laughs> anything, that's just like a two for two for me. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, sorry to interrupt. No. I was like, thank God. No, no, yeah, no. I, I'm glad someone agrees because I, yeah. I just think that as much as I did love Barbie, there was nothing, I want to say nothing, but uh, compared to the other movies, you know, the directing of it, there wasn't like, like oh, this is a very well-directed movie. Um, and you have to separate uh, the directing of it versus like the enjoyment of the movie. And I think that's probably why the holdovers didn't get nominated because the script is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but again, there's nothing with the directing that like stands out. Whereas Oppenheimer and poor things and wait, poor things get nominated. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, those are very well directed mm -hmm. movies. And even with uh, anatomy of a fall, um, there's some very interesting things in that movie as well. So, you know, I, I agree with Craig that this definitely seems like Nolan's uh, award to lose, um, which in this particular case, I think I would go with Nolan. Uh, it really is a, as much as I, you know, Oppenheimer dragged a little bit for me and it wasn't in my top, uh, you know, four, I think it was, uh, it is a very well-directed movie. All right, Andres. Yeah, I will have to agree with Nancy on this. That um, you know, as much as I really, really loved Barbie, um, it's sort of the same reason why I think Nolan didn't win the year that uh, I mean that that Nolan was even nominated for The Dark Knight back in two thousand eight or two thousand nine, mind you. And it's it's one of those things where it's it's a little different when it's more of a more of a big pop movie, if that makes more of a big pop culture movie more than anything else. Like really, when it comes to directing, it should be more focused <laughs> on what is this director bringing to the table that is different from all the other ones. And that's a that's a really tough call. But 
I would say Barbie works really well as a um, as as you know it's it's a fantastic it's a fantastic version of a summer blockbuster absolutely that has tons of heart in it especially by the end but I would say that it's for me personally it's not Greta Gerwig's uh, best directorial effort but um, but it's still really good and um, I'm looking at the list right now I mean. I still have to see Anatomy of the Fall, but um, I'm really curious to see that. But overall, I think it's a very solid, solid list. But honestly, I think we're all falling into the same path right here. It's Nolan's to lose this year. <laughs> like, like, but before I saw Oppenheimer, I was like, eh, he's probably going to get the nomination just because and blah, blah, blah. And like, very skeptical going into Oppenheimer. And then when I came out of Oppenheimer, I'm like, that might be his best directorial effort. Like, like. I love Dark Knight. I love The Prestige. I love some of his other films, but I think this is one where he truly challenged himself with a story that is not necessarily cinematic on the page and making it into this big blockbuster. So I think that somewhat has to be commended as well. Yeah. All right. Cod, are you a, another believer in that this is Nolan's to lose? <laughs> Yeah, I think I said as much. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's probably Nolan's. Uh, when you look at that movie, it's like, wow, all the things you have to put together um, to make this movie work. All Did those we start actors. With one? You might, you might have started with me, but I'm just. Yeah, I'm I, was, I was just, I, I was just I'm confirming. With it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was confirming to see if you, because I don't remember yeah. if you said that. Yeah, 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 I did, but yeah, I think it's it's very impressive what Nolan did just to corral all the different elements to make a coherent and enjoyable movie. Gotcha. I will say I, I, I Oh no, go ahead, yeah. Oh no, no I, I just like as much as I love these movies, I really hope directors start getting away from putting things in black and white that are in the past. I just to me I think it's lazy. Like Maestro <laughs> did it, uh Nolan did it, uh Poor things, things did it. Like we're just oh. getting in this weird like phase of going from black and white to El Conde uh, did it. Yeah. So it's yeah, we're just getting in this weird phase of doing like, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, and that's, when I watched it, I was like, oh, Bradley Cooper's in his like artistic phase where he's trying to do exactly. like, his like fancy yeah. things. And I think that was the one thing about my show with the directing. It's like, it felt like Bradley Cooper was trying to do all these cool things um, and didn't scale himself back. And so I just hope that directors don't keep falling on that because if they gave most effort, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I will admit, I was definitely surprised that he didn't get a best directing nomination. I thought if he was going to get nominated for anything, it might have been that, just because yeah. like I thought his performance was like fine in uh, Maestro, like it had some good moments, but like it was very hard to not see Bradley Cooper, if that makes sense, even with all the makeup and everything. Um, but. In terms of like the the directing here, like everyone else said, I really do think this is Nolan's to lose. There was a small part of me just because I feel like the Academy hasn't been like the biggest fan of Christopher Nolan in the past that like they would give Oppenheimer every other nomination, but like not director. And I was like kind of preparing myself for that, but I was very happy to see that he was in fact nominated. Um, but I genuinely do feel like he deserves it. Like like Andre said, like on the page, it does not strike you as like a blockbuster film, but like he's managed to make a movie where all these scientists are talking and a movie about Oppenheimer feel like this big Hollywood blockbuster. And I really just don't feel like any other director could have pulled this story off in the same way and really happy about that. Um, but the other nominees, I think, are solid. Like Nancy said, I don't think there's anything special directing-wise about um, the holdovers. 
Uh, I mean, I think the script is that movie's really big way to shine, and that and the perform the performances there. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping Christopher Nolan takes this one home. It'd be great to see Academy Award winner Christopher Nolan. I would love to see that in the next trailer for one of his movies. I would love to see that. But yeah, I think we're all he in needs agreement. To push. No, yeah, he, he definitely <laughs> needs to push. As if like there's any other way to sell a freaking Nolan movie. Oh my god! Now he's uh, an Oscar. <laughs> but yeah, I I think uh, it's his time, and I'm really excited to see him take home that gold. So now yeah. we are moving on to best actor. We briefly touch on it a little bit, but this is a pretty stacked category, I must say. Even though there are some favorites, I do think this is a very stacked category. Our nominees are Bradley Cooper for Maestro. We've got Coleman Domingo for Rustin. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. We'll start with Nancy and Craig this time around. What do you guys think about these acting nominees? Yeah, these are all great nominees. Uh, I Coleman Domingo was fantastic in Rustin. Yeah. Uh, like I think this, like you said, this is a very stacked category. I want Paul Giamatti to win so bad. <laughs> I just I just enjoyed his performance more than Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer as a whole is a fantastic movie. Uh, you know, I don't think Holdovers would ever beat it for a best picture, but I just Paul Giamatti was just so good in this. And it really to me is one of his best performances. And I feel like if he's gonna have a shot, this is this is it. So yeah, I really want him to win. Yeah, I'm almost agnostic between Giamatti and Killian Murphy about who I want to win because the two of them, I think, I think, I think it's really just down. I think it is really just down to those two performances, and I think they're both fantastic. I think Killian Murphy, first off, one of the reasons I think why Oppenheimer, you know, uh, stands out, and not just the technical achievements that uh, Nolan did, but like the fact that this is like the best character work he's ever done. Like the you know his previous film, he literally just named the main character the protagonist. He literally says that in a line of dialogue. I'm the protagonist yeah. in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, but in this film, you know, he you know really focuses on uh, you know Oppenheimer's journey and the toll that uh, the work he takes. Uh, it's the work he does takes on him and whatnot. And I think Killian Murphy, uh, you know, just gives a very, you know, raw, nuanced uh, performance. Uh, but, you know, like it, it, Paul Giamatti, like literally had me on the verge of tears in the, in the holdovers, just mm-hmm. like, you know, the, that ending just, you know, it re- really brought me. I do want to say both, both Coleman Domingo and Jeffrey Wright um, are people who, you know, I've, I've loved for a very long time and I'm just so happy that they're getting, you know, recognition. Mm-hmm. Coleman, Coleman Domingo ever since like the very first season of Fear of the Walking Dead has been like a standout. And it's like, by the way, this is only, I don't think I've seen this talked about enough. This is only the second time ever that an openly gay man has been nominated for Best mm-hmm. Act. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, just really, I think, I think almost, it's almost kind of neat that it's not being talked about as much because it's, it almost seems like it's not it's as big a thing, but, yeah. but, yeah. It should, but it should be celebrated, you know? Right, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the only thing I'll say is that, you know, this is a category I feel like has the most like snubs because it's, you know, it's just a very, you know, it's a very, um, I'd say packed just category for options like Barry Keown could have been nominated, Leonardo DiCaprio could have been nominated, Andrew Scott could be nominated. I haven't seen that film yet, but I hear he's great. And that was one of the, the you know all the strangers I'm talking about with that. And that's one of my surprises is just that that film got zero nominations. I thought that would have gotten something, but um, at any rate, uh, yeah, I think um, you know Cooper's fine as well. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad fine. someone else agrees. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> all right, Andres, how about you, bud? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement with all you so far. I mean, like, oh, goodness. I mean, for me, my favorite out of the entire bunch is Paul Giamatti, just because, again, I think that's not only his best performance that he's ever done, but it's also the performance that, like, really, really, really made me feel so much made me feel so much for that character at the very end, especially what he goes through and especially um, how he connects to, to the kid as well, which, you know, we'll talk about that a little later, but um, Oh my God. But like, honestly, yeah, totally 100% agree. Paul Giamatti is probably my favorite out of the entire bunch. Kelly Murphy as well too should be celebrated. Um, Shocked, but so so pleasantly surprised of Coleman Domingo and Jeffrey Wright's nomination. I I th- there was a part of me that when I saw American Fiction, I was like, this is one of the best performances of the year. But then I was like, I don't know if the I don't know if the Academy will even go as far as to like give this a nod. Same thing with Coleman Domingo and Rustin. I mean, like that's it's it like like that that's one where I'm like, oh okay, all right. I like what you did there, Academy. All right, I can I can get behind this. Hashtag Oscars less white. <laughs> less white. <laughs> less white. Not fully all the way. <laughs> but but um yeah no what's what's the what's the opposite phrase of this is um someone's to lose um a, Bradley a, Cooper I'm sorry you're losing <laughs> you yeah. are losing yeah, yeah. you are losing yes you the are losing the nomination is the award for Cooper in this one that's fair. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 there's no shot so there's no shot I think this is Cooper I gotta look it's either it's his like 13th or 14th nomination and he's really? like, yeah, he's still he's searching for still gonna be over in anything yeah he's searching mm-hmm. for anything <laughs> wait I, I thought I thought he um oh no 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 no, no, no never mind producing directing he hasn't won, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I got one. <laughs> he did. That's so funny. She gets nominated once, wins. He gets nominated thirteen times. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Ouch. like son of a bitch. He's like the Susan, Susan Lucci of the Oscars. <laughs> no, I, I'm I, I think it, like. I think it's going to be so one of those situations for him where he's going to end up winning for a movie he doesn't really deserve to win just because right. like it's time, you know. Like I just feel like it's yeah. he's going to fall into one of those, or, um, or, or he's going to win after for a movie he produced. <laughs> the Trinity Day Award, maybe. Yeah, yeah. there's that yeah. too. You mean Joker probably did? Joker probably did. He's going to win for that. <laughs> All right, Con. How about you, bud? Um, yeah, I think I hope they play the uh, penis cancer clip if Paul Giamatti wins. Um, <laughs> um, well, they're gonna show it anyway, even if he doesn't win. Um, I think just listen to everyone talk. I think Giamatti is the more emotionally resonant performance, whereas Killy Murphy might be the more impressive because he has so much to do and uh, it's throughout so much more time. So I honestly don't know which way they would lean, uh, but it seems like Giamatti because of all the precursors. Um, obviously, Zach Efron should be here uh, for Iron Claw. And as a personal pick, uh, Tao Yu from Past Lives also should be here. But, you know, those two were long shots. So I knew those weren't getting in. They just need yeah, it's Giamatti or Murphy. Make six non <laughs> We were supposed to go see Iron Claw. And then I had to go see fucking Beekeeper. <laughs> no. And then I got Hashtag COVID and couldn't see freaking Iron Claw. So I still haven't seen Iron Claw. 
Hashtag, Hashtag still committed. Salty. Still salty. <laughs> so you're welcome, guys. <laughs> if Nancy had seen it, that girlfriend would have gotten in. Though she was that, that, that's <laughs> clearly what was missing. Mm, that was <laughs> disrupted thought. the balance of the. Yeah. Your podcast prevented the Iron Claw from any Oscar nomination. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's going to be sweeping the headlines. It's going to be sweeping the headlines. Scoop broken by Jeff Snyder again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My God, no, but uh, I agree with everyone's sentiments. I, I mean, I do really love Killian Murphy's performance. I really love Paul Giamatti's performance. Like a small part of me would be pretty disappointed if Killian didn't win, just because I've been a huge fan of his for such a long time, and it's great to see him finally get some recognition. Just because I feel like the guy has been delivering solid performances year after year after year, so it was great to see him take on a role like this and crush it. And I also appreciate a more subtle performance where you're doing a lot by not doing too much like i know the academy tends to go for the showier kind of performances but i kind of really liked how restrained and still emotionally resonant i found his performance to be and paul giamatti's fantastic too i loved him in that movie that was my favorite paul giamatti performance period and it was great to see him get nominated and to have this kind of momentum going into the oscars so like it really is a battle between them in my mind um but either one if they either one wins i'm a happy camper but i 100 agree that Zach Efron should be in there. I think his performance in the Iron Claw is phenomenal. And I just think because he's considered a pretty boy that he wasn't put in there or it just, it, it drives me crazy when the Academy does that. Um, and I also think Barry, how do you pronounce his last name? Keegan Ke- something. I've heard so many. <laughs> I've heard so many different. Oh, he's Irish. He's Irish so it, it sounds it's like the Irish say weird words weird. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I feel like every time I hear someone say his name, it's a different pronunciation. But regardless, I think his performance in Saltburn is incredible. And I, he's yeah. one of my favorite actors right now. And I think if that movie got any nomination, I would have hoped that it would have been that. But alas, here we are. Um, but yeah, I think it's either Giamatti's or Murphy's. I'm very interested to see how like Oscar pools shape up. Like this is going to be one of those years where there's definitely going to be some categories. Or it could really go either way, where it could either yeah. just be one or the other, and that's kind of exciting. It's not as just kind of like, oh, well, this is the shoe in this is the shoe in this is the shoe in I'm glad it's not one of those kind of years because it would just be boring. But yeah, it should be a fun, exciting category to watch can unfold. I, I can't wait till people start realizing that Zac Efron is actually a really good actor. He's been a good actor. he is. <laughs> He's yeah. been a good actor. It's just he hasn't gotten recognition. He's like on the dramatic work. I feel like now he'll probably start to get It probably doesn't help that stuff. his next movie is like a direct-to-Amazon raunchy comedy. <laughs> Ricky Stenicki, yeah. I believe is the actual title yeah. of yep. the film. <laughs> what a follow-up. <laughs> you know what? He does it all, people. He does He's it versatile. all. He's versatile. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna get nominated for a comedy let's see that'd be hilarious um <laughs> no, no the oscars don't nominate comedies and leads so yeah, yeah that's true all right that's well in, now that's the Kevin Klein. Yeah. Fish all, right. Wanda. Yeah. all right well now we're gonna move on to best actress which is also a pretty stacked category and the nominees are as follows we have annette benning for naiad willie gladstone for killers of the flower moon Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Andres, kick us off. What do we feel? I'm feeling like this is also a pretty stacked, um, a pretty stacked list right here. Um, probably the biggest snub is, uh, my goodness, um, j- just from everything I've seen so far of all the <laughs> Um, it's the, uh, oh my God, Margot, I should Margot have Robbie? pulled it up right here. Margot no, no, no. Um, uh, the, uh, the actress from past lives, Greta Lee, Greta Lee. There we go. I was like, yeah. it's not Greta Gerwig. Oh my God. The other Greta. The other Greta. 
Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I think from everything I've seen of her, she should have absolutely have been at least included in the conversation because the movie was so well received, and um, you know, people also talk about that performance as well. But just looking at the list right now, I'm caught between two of them. I'm caught between Emma Stone and Poor Things, which was a fantastic, fantastic performance and also radically different than anything she's done in the past as well. But God, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that Lily Gladstone was my favorite thing in Killers of the Flower Moon. And she was fantastic in that movie. And right now it's just between those two for me. (laughs) Yep. All right. Khan. As you uh, come back into focus. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is a real, this is a, a, similarly a repeat of last year between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. I feel like Emma Stone is the Kate Blanchett where she's getting all this praise because, uh, for a really good performance, but she has one in the past, so that might uh, hurt her. And Lily Gladstone's like the newcomer, mm-hmm. like Michelle Yeoh, uh, co- like rising up, and she's winning a lot of things leading up to the Oscars. So it could Michelle go either Yeoh. way. Newcomer. <laughs> no, but right, not newcomer, but like newer to the to the scene. Yeah. Emma she, she, she's new to the Oscar party, right? New, yeah. uh, whereas Emma Stone's <laughs> a little more established. So I think, yeah, it's between the two stones. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, uh, just like best actors, kind of like a 50-50 This must be fifty-fifty. My pick would be Emma Stone, but I could, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Lily Gladstone wins. And okay. yes, Greta Lee should absolutely be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nancy, correct. So. Yeah, for me, I feel like the the biggest surprise again is someone who's like you know follows this all award season long. The Margot Robbie snub is the biggest surprise I I had honestly, um, and I I had the sense that she got uh, uh, too Leslie'd um, because I think there's a, there was a big there's a big push of people to try to get a net betting in. You know what I mean? And so I think that the people that, you know, that wanted a net betting to get nominated made sure to, you know, rank her first on the list and they did the math to try to, you know, make sure that she got in and whatnot. So, I mean, that's my, you know, you know, somewhat conspiracy theory of it all. Um, But it's, you know, I, uh, and, and because of that, you know, I don't think it is just 50, 50. I do. I will say that I think I love both. Uh, Emma Stone and honestly I loved all five of these performances Um, particularly though Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone and I think that it's most likely those two but as soon as I saw Nyad I was like this could be her path to a win because Annette Bening someone that's been nominated several times in the past she's someone who's like you know we don't know how many more chances she'll get and as we saw last year with Jamie Lee Curtis the Academy's like you know what we do need to give this person an award you know and I feel like like, yeah no I I feel like you know if if Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone split like you know most of the vote that uh Annette Bening could have just kind of like you know you know, just come enough up the middle and yeah. come up the middle and steal it from them both. Yeah. Well, and I also think unlike Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Annette Benning is actually really, really good at not yet. Uh, yes. I've, yeah. That should say that. Part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, she's fantastic. Fantastic. I think everyone in this category did such an amazing job. I will say I'm pulling for Emma Stone to get it. I just think it was such a unique character to play there's a lot of acting that she had to do in this character um full body acting yes noted i'm sure um but no you know i think of the scene where she sees you know the very 
her very cruel friend takes her to see how cruel the world is. And that particular scene where she realizes, you know, they're killing a bunch of children and, you know, her realizing how horrible people can be. That scene, I think in particular, uh, for me is what pushed her performance past um, Lily Gladstone for me. So yeah, but I, if either one, I'd be happy. And like I said, Annette Bening did fantastic as well. So if she ended up winning, um, you know, it it would be well-deserved, I feel like. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's a study in contrast, those two on the stone and Lily Gladstone. Mm-hmm. Lily Gladstone's performance is, you know, so understated. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's, 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 uh, as a lot of, you know, like Scorsese have been saying, it's like the, what she can do with just a look is, you know, more than, you know, most people do with the entire performance. And, um, you know, whereas Emma Stone, just like that performance has the, you know, widest range of any performance this season. Mm-hmm. I also want to do what I say, I didn't say much about it. Like, uh, Carrie Mulligan's performance, what I think is the best thing about Maestro. Oh, yeah. Easily. She, yeah. Like, I think it's the best mm-hmm. performance of her career. And it's a shame that it came out this year when there's so many other, mm-hmm. you know, performances that, yeah. you know, she's not even really in the conversation. I think Maestro, yeah. the problem is that it's, <clears throat> obviously a movie about Leonard Bernstein, but it follows, uh, you know, what walk the line did where it's more about the relationship. And, you know, this, as I told Craig, it's more about a strong woman dealing with a man's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, and I think like, I absolutely agree that freaking um, that freaking uh, Carrie Mulligan's performance was the strongest thing in that movie. I think what held it back even further was, Bradley Cooper's direction. I mean, it was so it was so weird. So many of these emotional scenes that Carrie Mulligan has is played in a long shot and where you can mm-hmm. barely see her. And I'm like, why? Why? It, like, like if she was nominated, this is the clip I could see them being like, "Yep, let's show that." But the problem is, it's so poorly done and so poorly directed in my in my view that it, it just doesn't do her performance any favors, mm-hmm. and it really just kind of makes it feel like. You know, Cooper's kind of going like, we have to see both of us on screen. No. <laughs> you can't just be you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put this nose on today. <laughs> I'm going to show it off. All right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But who's your uh, who's your favorite to win, Andres? Who do you want to win this category? Jeez, I think it would. You know what? If if I had to go down on, if I had to, if I had to pick one, it's. Shit, Lily Gladstone. I would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 I love, I loved Emma Stone's performance, but she's already got one for you know for mm-hmm. a far less superior movie. But that's fine. Uh, but I think Lily Gladstone. I don't, I don't know if she'll ever get a role as good as this one that that allowed her to do as much with so little words as this performance did. I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but. It's again, it's a Scorsese movie, guys. So I don't know where you go from there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a tough one just because, again, I think it's kind of like the same thing in like the actor category. There's one showier kind of performance and then there's one more restrained, subtle performance. Like it could go either way. So it's like Lily Gladstone was 100%, in my opinion, the best thing in Killers of the Flower Moon. I just thought she grounded the movie so well. And, you know, it was the first time I had ever seen her and I thought she was just phenomenal in the movie. 
And then you have Emma Stone, who is also delivering a crazy good performance in Poor Things, a performance I don't think any other actress could really pull off because it's just so like demanding uh, in terms of just what you need to pull off in that movie where I was just like stunned by her. I honestly think it might be her best performance just because she's doing so much and doing it so damn well. So it's like, I know she's won before, but I kind of want to see her win again for this movie just because it just, she delivers such a good performance and she somehow grounds this very wacky movie. Uh, and I feel like in other hands, you know, they might go too far or they might make it too wacky or too goofy. But I think she adds just enough like emotional undercurrent to that crazy larger than life performance. And I think it really works. And then Gladstone's the beating heart of that movie. So it's like if either one of them win, I'm happy. But personally, I'd love to see Stone take home another one just because I just think she's so damn good in that movie. But now we got to tackle uh, supporting actor and supporting actress, you know, to kind of make this thing move along a little bit smoother. You know, we're going to tackle both of these categories real quick. Yeah. So we're going to go to supporting actor and supporting actress. And in the actor category, we have Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction. We've got Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. We've got Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things and in Best Supporting Actress. We have Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. We've got Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. We've got America Ferrara for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. What do we think about these two categories? We'll start with Khan this time around. Uh, yeah, Mark Ruffalo might be the best performance I've seen all year, just regardless of leader supporting. <laughs> well, so it was, it was surprising <laughs> that like it wasn't even a, a guarantee that he was going to get nominated because he didn't get SAG. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I hope he wins. I don't know if he will, because it seems like it's Robert Downey Jr. Um, who's in the driver's seat there. Um, but also I love Ryan Gosling. So, you know, honestly, there's there's three that would be deserving uh, in supporting actor. Uh, supporting actress, it's pretty much wrapped up. It's Divine Joy Randolph. I would have liked to see uh, Rachel McAdams from Are You There, God Is Me, Margaret. Um, that yeah. was just, it might be her best performance uh, outside of game night. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Divine Dragon oh, is very no, good. Oh no, he died. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Divine Dragon grounds the movie. Uh, she's, uh, we haven't really seen her give that kind of performance. I feel like she's mostly been in comedies outside of this. Uh, so this yeah, she, if she does win, uh, she'll deserve it. And uh, yeah. It's like a dramedy. No, no, I'm saying <laughs> besides the holdover, she's mainly been, been, been in comedies. Yeah, he was saying the holdovers is a comedy too. <laughs> yeah. so I don't know how much I was laughing during the holdovers, but only at certain points. <laughs> oh, when he yeah. breaks his arm? Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andres, how about you? What do you think about these two categories? I think, oh, goodness, like, all right. First off, I, 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 I hate to go down this road already. I kind of think it. it's already Robert Just Downey do Jr.'s <laughs> year as well, too, for this one. But, but man, Mark Ruffalo really surprised me in Poor Things. He was probably one of my favorite things in that movie. And just his entire performance is so over the top and hilarious. Bow, ah! <laughs> it's so good and, and, and like and like nancy you were talking about that scene where where um where emma stone you know discovers that all the all the kids are dying out there on the streets and it's punctuated by when she comes back and, and she's like in this in this like very emotional tearful mood where she's like i gave them all the money and then you just see mark ruffalo's face and it's so he's like you did what <laughs> it's like it's 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 a scene that that is so so perfectly taught 
And you have to give some of the credit to that for Mark Ruffalo being able to bounce off something that could have been such a dark and such a um, such a heavy scene and be able to bounce that off with some comedy. And that's something that I think should definitely be applauded for sure. But for me, probably my biggest snub in the best actor category is Dominic Sessa from uh, The Holdovers, who plays um, Angus, the kid. And that's one of those things where it's like he's going toe to toe with Paul Giamatti throughout the movie. And not only is he holding his own, but he's stealing scenes in certain moments. And he's like, like, honestly, that movie is, is a trinity of actors right there. You have someone who is very seasoned and then you have someone who's very just like, Oh, like in good, good crossover here. Uh, joy, uh, divine joy. Um, she's more, she's more like, Oh, she's been around for a bit, but this is sort of the, one of her best roles that she's ever had. And you have the newcomer here that has done really nothing. And literally nothing, literally nothing. (laughs) And he's holding his own. I mean, like, I mean, like, honestly, that, that to me, I think should have gotten at least just somewhat a little bit, a little bit of, um, a little bit, a little bit of notice, but, but, but just looking at the list right now, Sterling K Brown. Yeah. In American fiction, he was one of the best parts. Robert De Niro, I thought, was definitely one of the better parts of um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Although you could argue that this is sort of, you know, still the same waters for him. Um, Ryan Gosling, again, you know, Ken, it's 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 it's, it's a thing. But yeah, but um, I think it's a pretty stacked list for best supporting actor, um, best supporting actress. Oh my God, America Ferrera getting nominated for Barbie. I didn't think in a million years that that would happen because for me, she was probably my favorite part of Barbie. But um, if I had to pick, damn, uh, I, you know what? It's it's going to have to be Divine Joy Randolph for for the holdovers. Although I did like Danielle um, Brooks in the Color Purple. She was the best part of that entire movie. I'm not I'm not sure who has seen Color Purple here among us, but I've seen. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but like her scenes, I think are you know the, she steals the show in so many respects. Apparently, they can't agree because it's literally the only thing color purple got. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> the only good thing, and that's what. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, if I was to go best supporting actor, it would be. Um, I would have to bet it's Robert Downey Jr., but there's a part of me that really would love Mark Ruffalo to get it. Um, but for best supporting actress, it's definitely Divine Joy Randolph for me and. Oh, God, between Divine Joy Randolph, America Ferreira, and um, Danielle Brooks. Those are like the, the, the three I would be happy with any one of them getting it. All right. Nancy Craig, time to chime in. I'll uh, keep it short and sweet. Uh, Divine Joy all the way. She needs to win. She was fantastic in that movie compared to everyone else. Uh, America Ferreira, honestly, for some reason, I wasn't as moved by her big old woman's speech at the end it was fine for me <laughs> the um, you, you, you didn't have you didn't have the, the, the uh, old old timer bomb go off that. while she was doing the rant like, it was oh the my day. god it's fine uh, if any of the really... guys here said that big old woman's speech oh, we would have been kicked off. Oh, you canceled immediately but how many more views would this video got? Oh. oh man it would have went viral but for all the wrong reasons big old woman's speech <laughs> big old woman's speech oh, now we know what the clip is oh 100 yeah. i think we all collectively um, know <laughs> yes. But no, I, I Divine Joy Randolph just was 
fantastic in that movie. Mm -hmm. She deserves it 100%. And for supporting, uh, I want Mark Ruffalo to win so bad. Yeah. I just think he was so funny. He was, so, <laughs> he was just so good. Uh, you know, if Robert Downey Jr. gets it, sure, fine. But I just want him to win. Iron Perfect. Man over Hulk or vice yeah, versa. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think about yeah. that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll keep this uh, somewhat brief, at least by my standards. Uh, I, agree. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with a lot of what's been said. Divine Joe Randolph uh, is, I think, the, the runaway uh, favorite. It's, it's, uh, it's as sure of a lock as any Oscar this year. Uh, I think that uh, I, I, uh, I thought America Ferrera was better in uh, Dumb Money than she was in Barbie. And Ooh. that's, just Ooh, my, that's yeah. my that's my hot take. Ooh, hot uh, take. And uh, uh, supporting actor, I actually thought um, I, I think this could actually go to any of them except for Sterling K. Brown, for whom the nomination is the win. I just didn't think he was, uh, you know, his, the, 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 he was only like, he was such a small portion of that film. That film, like mm -hmm. that film, you know, was just kind of Jeffrey Wright's life right. in all different phases. There's long stretches where he's not even in it. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just kind of like in and out of it. Whereas the rest of them, it's like. I thought this was honestly one of De Niro's best career performances. Uh, quick shout out to Dan Merle, though, who said that uh, Mark Ruffalo was his favorite performance of the year uh, in his uh, Oscar nomination preview video. And I, I do agree that was my favorite performance of the year as well. Um, but I, you know, I, I am rooting for Downey Jr. to win. Uh, it's just kind of like to solidify his like acting legacy, so to say, just because like, you know, he's spent so much time, you know, being considered just like, you know, an act, you know, an action star and whatnot. And of course, you know, the rest of his history, but, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I from what I hear, Ruffalo isn't even really campaigning for this, but like, that doesn't even seem like Ruffalo wants it. Um, uh, maybe <laughs> he doesn't believe he'll, he'll take it either. He'll take it either well, way. Well, he's also win, good yeah. friends with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. 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 Down, yeah. Down, yeah. Downey really wants to see him win. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it seems like Ruffalo just wants Downey to win too. So, he's such a good <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why Ruffalo should win. I know. You haven't been paid, but you're campaigning. Right. <laughs> now, because of the fact that it's, it's looking like we all want Ruffalo to win, what clip from Poor Things do you think they're going to show? Anything. Just freaking anything. Oh my his god! One take, his one-shot reactions. <laughs> like I honestly think that any other year Ruffalo would win, just Probably. because he's that good in the movie. Like I just think it was so unlike anything we've ever seen from Mark Ruffalo. Usually, you see him play like the good guy, and he's very good at playing that role. But like to see him just play a complete a piece of shit was just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, anytime he was on screen, I just had a gigantic yeah. smile on my face. And he just goes for broke and I love every bit of it. But then I also really enjoyed Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in Oppenheimer. It was great to see him actually like legitimately act again in something that's not yeah. a Marvel movie and remind audiences that yes, he was a great actor before he became Iron Man and he's still a great actor after the fact. And I think Nolan really got him to shake off kind of the Marvel persona and really dial in again as an actor. And I thought that he was fantastic. So I would love to see Robert Downey Jr. take it home. But if Mark Ruffalo sneaks in, I'm not going to be sad about it just because I think yeah. it's a terrific, terrific performance. And I want to see him play even more terrible people because I think he's got a knack for it. And I'd love to see him have like a string of just like, let's play villainous roles. I think he'll crush it. Um 
but I'm really, yeah. really excited about that one. But yeah, we're about to hop into another twofer here. We're going to do the acting, I mean, the writing categories. We have adapted screenplay and we have original screenplay. So in adapted, we've got American fiction, we've got Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. And for original screenplay, uh, we have Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. What do we think about these two writing categories? Nancy, Craig, kick us off. Um, well, I'll start with original because, whoo, man, adapted. Uh, original. <laughs> oh, boy. Holdovers, 100%. That script is amazing. The dialogue is amazing. Uh, it 100% deserves that. Um, best adapted, like, geez Louise. I forget, like, Oppenheimer's <laughs> adapted. I forget that, like, freaking Barbie's adapted. Like, everything was fucking adapted this year, which was, I know. Well, most, most people um, didn't think Barbie's actually adapted, but yeah. I know, but it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it is what yeah. it is. It's yeah. what it's not existing IP. It's yeah. like, it's done. It is what it is, is my yeah. point. It's in a very strong category. Yeah. Um, okay, what were the other nominees? Sorry, for original? So for original, for, for adapted, there's American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Zone of Interest. Zone of interest. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. hard. It's, either yeah. it's, more, it's more of competitive uh, than adapted. Yeah, so it's like Barbie would run away with original, but with uh, yeah. adapted, it's like it's most oh, likely not winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I do, but you know what? Though I would say you know, that this actually gets her snub for the directing category. Oh, yeah. I think actually, uh, I think that Barbie will win for writing because she got snubbed in the directing. That will be you know some people like oh it's going to win best picture because she got snubbed for directing. Like no, absolutely not. That is never going to happen. But she could win for this. Yeah, Yeah. it's the the consolation prize. Barbie or poor things, I would say. Yeah, I I would say for both of these, I would say uh, what will win for original screenplay. What will win, and then we have a fall. What should win the holdovers? What was snubbed? (laughs) Air. Air was not nominated at all. Uh, Yes, I expected that to be nominated. Uh, And snub that uh, nobody's talking about uh, Tetris. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, I actually enjoyed that, that but okay. Too. Yeah. Wow. You do you, Craig. Hey, Tetris is great. I thought. Yeah, and then adapted screenplay. I think Barbie will win. I think Oppenheimer should win. Although, like I said, it's it's such a strong category. Yeah. I'm sad. Do you think Anatomy of a Fall will win? I mean, there's a lot of it's written. Very it's very well. good. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think to... this is like a lock category. Like, I think it could yeah. easily go yeah. to Barbie, Oppenheimer, even Poor Things. Like, I think out of the like, it's kind of a three way battle. I think between those, like, there's no choice that I really feel a hundred percent confident in picking that's going to win. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like the well, the, the dialogue in Poor Things is so great. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. uh, the one line. What is Emma Stone? The one line to her friend. The one that like shows her the babies. I don't. I don't know. Like you're just that baby. sad. Oh, that was. Oh, oh, no, no, it's a jerk to Gerard Carmichael. Yeah. she's like, she's like, she just the line that she says that destroys him. I forget the exact line, but it's so good. It's a bit like you're just a a sad little boy who's been broken by the world or like something yeah. like that. And yeah. it's like, oh, that was such a great line. And he's like, oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it also invented the phrase furious jumping, which I loved. <laughs> yes, oh, furious jumping. Furious furious jumping. jumping. <laughs> no other script did that. So. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Andres, how about you? What do you think about these categories? 
Yeah, I'll keep it short. Um, for best original screenplay, it's absolutely the holdovers by a long shot for me. But I agree with Craig. It could be Anatomy of the Fall, but you know, who knows? It could also be Past Lives as well. Um, but for best adapted screenplay, this is kind of a tough one because I think it's either between. Um, for me, it's either between Oppenheimer and um, American Fiction because one, for American Fiction, you have a debut as well with um, with uh, um, Cord Jefferson, which is his um, theatrical writing and is also his directorial theatrical debut as well. So I think that could kind of play in as well. But the thing with Oppenheimer, if ha- have any of you read the screenplay? Read no, this? No, I can't say I have. I don't have two days in my schedule to read this. Well, well, like after, <laughs> well, like after the movie had come out, I mean, I know people were talking about the fact that it's it's very interestingly written because in all the flashback scenes, it's written in the first person perspective. So instead of your typical like, oh, Oppenheimer grabs a glass, it's written almost in a very novelish way. So that's something that in when I was doing script coverage all those years ago, that's something that would have probably been a little different um, for me in terms of a screenplay. But I don't know how many of these people are actually reading the the actual screenplay versus watching yeah, the movie. I'm yeah. guessing zero. Close to zero. Yeah, yeah close yeah. to zero. But but for me Oh you guys haven't read it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but for me personally it would it would go to Oppenheimer because it truly tried to do something different with the two timelines. But if I was to pick it st- solely on the film itself, I think American fiction gets it right there. So there you go. Okay, Khan. Uh, I'm rooting for Past Lives and Original just because I think Sleen Song That's a great movie. Was uh, mm-hmm. was able to write without overwriting. I feel like a lot of the dial- uh, a lot of like it's meaningful. It's not just writing to fill out uh, time. So I think I'm rooting for Past Lives. It's probably either Anatomy of Fall or The Holdovers, both of which would be deserving. Uh, adapted. Mm-hmm. It, Craig makes a good point that Barbie could get it because they snubbed Greta Gerwig in directing. So, uh, but I could also see Oppenheimer just because of how dense that movie is and how. You have to write that very carefully. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's between yeah. Barbenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think both of these categories are pretty stacked. Um, I, I, like, part of me would love to see an original Past Lives win, just because I have a very soft spot for that movie. I think it's so fantastic and so like perfectly written. Like, if that screenplay isn't good, that movie just fails like tremendously, and it's just like there's such great dialogue in that movie. Um, but I would also love to see the holdovers. I hate that May December was nominated because I just did not like that. May movie. December? December. Yeah. God, I just felt like that movie was trying so hard to be like Oscar bait, and I just I did not care for it. Um my friend, get dogs. out of here. <laughs> um, but you did have enough hot dogs, okay? Okay. Yeah, just not enough. Um, but yeah, so for original screenplay, I think it's going to go to the holdovers, but I would love to see past lives win. Uh, and then for adapted, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd love to see Oppenheimer win, but there's a part of me that feels like Barbie may win just because it is a very like original screenplay, even though technically it's an adapted, I do feel like it is very original. So they might give it to that one. That one's going to be a toss up come like game day where I'm trying to make my choices. That's going to be interesting. Um, but curious to see who wins that one. But now we're going to be moving on to Best Animated Film, which is definitely oh, yeah. one that I have some thoughts on. 
So, yes. invest and oh, oh, do we have thoughts? Do we have thoughts? First or last? Buckle in, everybody. Uh, All right. So, so in best animated feature film, we have The Boy and the Heron. We've got Elemental. We have Namona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. What do we think? Let's start with Craig, because I think he's chomping at the bit. Oh, boy. Oh, I was, okay, so I'll say, first off, I have not yet seen Boy and the Heron, uh, so I can't say what I think will or should win between the two of them. Uh, but when I say between the two of them, because this is a two-horse race between Boy and the Heron and Across the Spider-Verse. Um, so, uh, but no, I think that I think that, uh, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem not being nominated in this category is a travesty. Um, it's the, my, I think in my opinion, the, the worst snub of the Oscar season, especially when, you know, I, I watched Nimona. It's fine. It's not better than Mutant Mayhem. And the, um, okay. I, Robot Dreams, I've <laughs> yeah, not, I've not, not seen Robot Dreams. And you know what? No one has here. seen Robot Dreams because it hasn't been released in the States yet. It was really someone. <laughs> we don't know who those people are. No, yeah. It's like, it's a festival film that has no dialogue and animation that looks like Bojack Horseman. And it's like, it's uh, in my, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll eventually watch it when it's available to be watched. But at the same time, it's like the, it, it seems to me as if the Academy voters saw that this is based on Ninja Turtles and just said, uh, you know, just ignored it completely. I wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't even watch it. Um, but it's, it's the most original take on the characters that they've ever done. And the animation style is so innovative and fantastic. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the most angering to me. And also, you know, Mario Brothers could have been nominated in this category too. The movie made a billion and a half dollars. Everyone's saying that Greta should have been nominated for director because Barbie made a billion and a half dollars. I think the same argument should be made about Mario Brothers in this category. <laughs> Again, instead of robot freaking dreams that has zero dialogue and no one has seen and apparently crap animation. Tell us how you really feel. Love it. There you go. <laughs> Nancy. Yeah, I'm along the same page. I, there's no way that TMT shouldn't have been nominated. It was a fantastic movie. The animation was great. Was so good. Um, I did enjoy Nimona. Uh, Nim- Pneumonia. Pneumonia. She just says that all across the is going to mispronounce it as pneumonia. 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 We had this conversation. I couldn't say, I couldn't not say pneumonia. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's very similar. It's accent. But no, I enjoyed it, but I definitely think I enjoyed Super Mario Brothers better. I enjoyed, you know, the Ninja Turtles movie better. Um, I think it could have been those three and Nimona as the uh, full category. Because, uh, yeah, no one's freaking seeing the damn robot movie. So, I mean, Nimona, I think, and, 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 you know, well, you know, I, I think Nimona gets in over the, the other two because of its, you know, and a, a more important film. Because not only do we it's have you know, an on yeah. screen representation of, uh, you know, a, a, a a gay love story um but also it's you know the the themes of it is a very it's like a uh a trans uh metaphor as well which you know i think like you know if you're looking for like you know an importance of it the that, yeah, that's not the only reason it could, was nominated because no i'm not saying that's the only reason it's nominated i'm just right. saying it's like it, it helps, but that's why yeah. i would like like i see why people would why that would get in over ninja turtles because of those reasons mm-hmm. but the you know robot dreams what are we doing here yeah <laughs> but obviously across doing? the spider verse is gonna win mm-hmm. i think so you haven't seen more than heron yet <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right andres how about you yeah all right for for, for me it's 
I know, I know so many people are just thinking, oh, Andres, you hate Across the Spider-Verse. I did not hate that movie. I hated the ending. That's oh, all I hated yeah, from that because it ended, it ended so abruptly. Andres' That's it. trigger it's called, it's called words a, it's called are part a one. <laughs> They promised us the third film in March and then they go, oh, wait a minute. We have to take it off the release schedule because we don't even know I mean, when it's coming out. Stri- there was also a strike. Did you hate <laughs> the ending of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one? <laughs> you know, for you know, for that one, uh, yeah, I, it's the same I, thing. It is the same. Thing. Yeah, the same no, 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 no. I, I, I agree with you. It ends on a cliffhanger. Um, guys, Dead Reckoning it was, is still re- out there. it was retitled yeah. to Dead Reckoning, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better hold on to all so your you better media pump copies, the brakes, guys. On Those are about I to become collectible. Definitely well. wasn't made retroactively. <laughs> but um, but but for me, it, it's going to go to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because everything that that movie did is fantastic and genius in so many ways and the animation style there's un there's nothing like it out there so of course that's what i think should get the pick but i will say if there was one that could probably sneak in it would probably be the boy in the haran because it is me it is me it's Heron, guys it's a bird Haran. Haran. look at this Haran. Haran. Franks are doing that too <laughs> Heron. it's Heron. Yeah, Heron. boy in the hair, and there we go. I said Haran. All right, well, <laughs> Haran. sounds like a biblical text when you say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but 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 I think with this being Miyazaki's last film, might allegedly. have to, allegedly his <laughs> last film. But hasn't he that been might, saying that, that, that though? That, that well, might that might come into the last film, and then he came out of Return to do this. Yeah, so, yeah. that's how he gets nominated. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows if it's his last? But, but but the thing is, I thought that movie was really well executed and exactly in the same way of Across the Spider-Verse, the animation, again, for, for a Studio Ghibli movie, there are so many things about that movie that you just go, wow, all this stuff is done hand-drawn. It's not done on a computer. And I think that should somewhat be commended as well. Um, but yeah, for me, it's both of those. Elemental, you know, great. I love uh, Elemental. Okay. I really uh, like the- it. <laughs> But all this to say that I absolutely 100% agree with Craig that TMNT should have been on this list. Had TMNT been on this list, it would have been my pick. All right. Khan? Um, yeah, I think if Boy in the Heron had been nominated for Best Original Score, which I think is the biggest snub. Uh, yeah, that's a great um, score. We'll I think that would have a better chance to to win here, but it's probably across the Spider-Verse. I don't, I don't really want to stick up for the film I haven't seen, which is Robot Dreams, but a lot of times <laughs> the Academy nominates something that you haven't heard of, and it actually ends up being really good. Uh, there was a movie called My Life as a Zucchini that I actually watched that was nominated for Best Anime Feature that's no one had heard of before it was nominated, but it actually turned out to be really sweet. Um, so... We'll we'll see if Robot Dreams when we can eventually watch it is as good as advertised. I feel like at this point, like it better win. You know what I mean? You're gonna take up a spot. Freaking win! It's like it was that good. It's like when there's a car accident on the freeway that's causing you to uh, be delayed. You're like someone better be in an ambulance right now. Jesus! <laughs> someone better be dead. I shit you not, guys. But it, yeah, if I was to include Moon Yahem, which I agree is uh, should be there, I might take out Elemental because you know, Pixar is fine. We don't need we don't need to nominate Pixar every year. You say so. Pixar is fine? Like Pixar. as a whole? 
No, Pixar. yeah, as a whole, they get nominated. Even Pixar's Pixar's got one of those no, but see, that's the thing with Pixar. Oh, I see. That, I thought you were saying Pixar's The Academy fine, loves like Pixar, so pretty much anything they yeah. put out, almost, they'll almost, nominate. Yeah. So, and like, there's not the, the strongest. Yeah, so I yeah, put yeah there's a chance, like, if Across the Spider Verse doesn't win, which I absolutely think it should because it's just an unbelievably creative animated film even if like you didn't like the movie you can't deny it's just a gorgeous looking movie um and just endlessly creative but you know pixar is one of the past for some of their less than great movies and i wouldn't be surprised if out of nowhere elemental takes it home which i would be really disappointed by because (laughs) spider-verse needs to take this one home (laughs) it's a very brave take of you yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Very good, very good joke. He was sitting on it. He's like, "Give me my pocket." <laughs> I was like, yeah, "Stop talking so I can make the joke." Just, just please, God. <laughs> the timing only lasts so long. Very nice. No, that was great. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, Spider Verse takes that one home rightfully. So I do agree. Team NT should have been nominated because I think that animation was gorgeous and the movie overall was great too. Um, but now we will move on to cinematography and production design. We'll bang these two out. So in cinematography, we have El Conde, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. And for production design, we have Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Um, what do we think about these choices? We'll start with Andre. So let me know if you need any of these repeated. I know you have the list on your end. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, for best cinematography, for me, it's... I, I think it absolutely should go to Oppenheimer because that movie with with shooting the movie in both those those two formats where it's the IMAX and the third and the 70 millimeter as well. Um just just it gives it gives you just such a look that 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 is normally not seen in these type of uh, Oscar films. But like again, being able to capture just that the the bomb on on the biggest canvas possible it's something where it's like okay that that is something different that we have not seen previously before but the movie looks fantastic overall but if i was if i was to if i was to put another dark horse in there that would just kind of be like you know what this might actually get it as well poor things has a very strong chance of getting it i mean just the look of that movie is fantastic and it's it it, it almost has like this Burton esque type of like look to it. It almost just kind of feels like someone just took like like Laura goes just watched the Tim Burton movie and goes, you know what? That's not weird enough. Let, let hold my beer. <laughs> Here you go. But um, but yeah, for me, it is absolutely going to be Oppenheimer for me. Um, but for production design, oh man, you know that's that's kind of the, for me. My personal favorite is Poor Things. But I could see the argument for Killers of the Flower Moon. I could see the argument for Barbie, especially during all, during all the scenes that take place in Barbie land in particular, because we've not seen something like that before. But, you know, but, but, if, but if you truly wanted to go the whole like, oh, the best, um, you know, it transported you into this time, this era. Napoleon definitely does make a strong um does make a strong case despite what i feel about the movie i thought the look and i thought everything fit that tone almost perfectly so that would be my only that would be my only apprehension so for best production design my personal favorite would be poor, poor things okay con uh cinematographer i think is oppenheimer it's just the scope of that movie is, is so impressive uh, uh for production design i think it's between barbie and poor things 
which uh, other people pointed out very thematically similar, which ironically. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably give it to Barbie just because of how much they have to to create and uh, uh, from you know the toys and all of that. So it's probably the more impressive uh, feat. Mm -hmm. so all right, Barbie. Nancy Craig. I'll go first. So, uh, I'm like Andre. Actually, I'll go first. Oh, you, you go first. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll go first. He's like, sure, Sorry. I'll go first. Please take that. Um, definitely cinematography. I'm going to go Oppenheimer production design. Uh, I was stuck between uh, poor things and uh, Barbie, but I think I'm going to lean towards Barbie only because they didn't use any um, computer graphics. So even the scene where they are traveling from Barbie land to the real world, that's all yeah. practical yeah. stuff, which Cardboard is, I really appreciate, <laughs> uh, you know, anyone who knows me, I, I very much enjoy the more practical stuff. So I think that's pretty impressive. Um, so I think I'll lean towards Barbie a little bit more because of that. Yeah, so for me, uh, I, I actually love the productions design of all five of these. I can see any of them winning. I'm going to root for Oppenheimer just because I want it to win all the Oscars. Um, but uh, I, I will say, I'm like, I'm like Andres. I actually love Napoleon. <laughs> but that's ah. a, different, a different conversation. Uh, and then for cinematography, also unlike uh, Andres, I actually, the one thing that I disliked about Poor Things was the cinematography. I felt mm -hmm. like he was trying too hard. All the fisheye lens takes was just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just... It, it seems like he was trying to be weird for weird's sake, and like it didn't feel like it was fitting thematically uh, the, when when he made the choices that he did. But maybe that's just me. Uh, but uh, well, well, of course, I want Oppenheimer to win this one. I do want to do a quick shout out to El Conde because you know at first I was when I saw this film nominated, I was really annoyed. I was like, God, the stupid international branch nominating another <laughs> one, the best foreign film. And then I wa and then then I started it. watching it. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't why haven't I not heard about this movie? There you it's go. It's so See? fun. It's from He's Pablo Lorraine, the guy who did Pablo Lorraine who did Spencer and uh Jackie. Except this time he is it's a satire where he has the uh, Chilean dictator Pinochet as a 250-year-old vampire who's still alive. <laughs> and it's got so much personality and it's so fun. And the cinematography is fantastic. So I'm glad it got English. Okay. Um yeah, for cinematography, 100%, I give it to um, Oppenheimer. I think that movie just looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, I mean, Poor Things could obviously be like a, the sneaky winner, but I think Oppenheimer still takes that one home. Poor Things is a gorgeous looking movie. I do think the production design in Poor Things is really impressive, especially like there were so many scenes where I'm just looking around at the sets and they're just so yeah. elaborate and so like intricately done where I'm like, wow, this is like really, really impressive. But I do think that one goes to Barbie too because – like Andre said, I do feel like they're, you know, especially in Barbie land, just like I had never really seen anything like that before. And I felt like they pulled it off so, so well. And it was like so practically done for the most part, which I really, really appreciated. Um, so I, I give that one to Barbie. And yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, so we're going to hop and skip now to best visual effects. And I'm just going to throw in best sound in there too, real quick, because I think that's a pretty straight, yeah, straight ahead yeah. winner. Okay, so, yeah. so, so sound, there's the creator, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one, Oppenheimer, <laughs> zone of interest. And then for visual effects, we have the creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one, and Napoleon. All right, what do we think? Let's start with Khan. Uh, sound, uh, I'm a little surprised Ferrari didn't get in just because of how the 
Yeah. The, the car sounds vroom, vroom. Vroom. are very, yes. Cars go vroom, vroom. That's all he had to do. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go Oppenheimer again. It seems like a very safe pick, but obviously a lot of, it's very impressive, so it would be deserved. Um, for visual effects, um, I feel like this is like the RRR of last year where Godzilla minus one, this is the only chance it has to get an Oscar. So I'm going to, I'm rooting for it. And I honestly think it has a chance to win because of how much support that movie has gotten. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with Godzilla minus one. All right. Andres? I'm going to go for best sound. I'm going to go straight up Oppenheimer as well. You know, again, seeing that movie in IMAX, the sound is as important to the visuals as well. Um, for visual effects, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Khan. I'm rooting for Godzilla minus one because, again, that movie has such a low budget that they were able to produce as good of a VFX as they as they did on such a tiny budget. And it just kind of seems like every other week people keep going, Oh no, the budget was even lower than this. So like, it's one of those things where like, we're like with the Oscars, it's one of those things where like you want to commend somebody who has done something very differently or somebody who has done something that's like, Oh, you know what? All the cards were stacked against you, but you still made something great. And even speaking to one of my buddies who still does VFX over at, uh, over in, um, Burbank for like uh, some of the Marvel movies and stuff like that. He's like, you know, when you saw the video of all the, of all the VFX artists, like literally waiting for the nominees to come out for Godzilla minus one, they are so happy. They're so just like, yay, we did it. And he was just telling me that the vibe around is just, you know, nobody, nobody cares. Like nobody cares that guardians of the galaxy volume three got nominated and they and they worked on it like they're like great it was another job like like it's it's one of those things where like i i'm i'm really really rooting for godzilla minus one it may not be the best looking out of the entire bunch but for the budget that they had it is it is something that you have to commend All there right. you go nancy craig All right, i'll go first this time mm-hmm. uh so for me what um Look, for sound, I'm going to go for Oppenheimer because, you know, it's Oppenheimer. And uh, <laughs> for the um, best visual effects, I'm actually rooting for Guards in the Galaxy Volume 3. I don't think it has a chance of winning because uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but no MCU film has ever won best visual effects. Uh, I had been told, I'd been told previously by someone who works in visual effects, it's because everyone around town hates Victoria Alonso. But yes. now, that, uh, now, now that she's been scapegoated, uh, I'm wondering if perhaps that now that she's left and James Gunn's left the you know MCU, that perhaps that, you know, the, that, that people will actually, you know, get behind this one, but probably not. I think it's going to go to Godzilla minus one for all the reasons uh, you guys outlined. I feel like Godzilla minus one wins the award just for releasing the video of them celebrating getting the nomination. <laughs> that should be the clip. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought I thought Guardians one had gotten the Oscar. They've all been nominated. A lot of them have been nominated. Yeah. They've never. Won. Yeah, there've been so many nominations. Not a single never MCU won. film has ever won best no. visual effects. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nancy? Uh, yeah, I'm on the same page. Uh, Oppenheimer for sound. I haven't seen Godzilla Minus One, so I have to go off of, you know, the trailer. Word of mouth. What I've seen. Yeah. yeah. A hype. Word of mouth. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like they're good to go for winning this one. So I'll, I'll root for them. 
the first time a Godzilla movie has been nominated, which is insane. Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2. Mission Impossible, the first time any Mission Impossible film is in line for anything. No, but I'm definitely in line with you guys. I think, I mean, the sound in Oppenheimer is incredible. I just feel like it's going to walk away with that category. Visual effects, even though I still haven't gotten the chance to see Godzilla minus one, I still want it to win just because it's like this underdog story. And just seeing that video of them celebrating was like the most heartwarming thing I saw all week, which I I loved it. And also, I just think the other nominees aren't really that strong in terms of visual effects. So I think it actually really does have a good chance of winning. Um, so I really hope that Godzilla takes that one home. Yeah, okay. the creator was. I could see the creator winning because of it's also but, a lower budget and it's also very impressive. Yeah, creator could yeah, win. It, it's yeah. possible. It, it could if it's, anything else was it's going. It's just to not that good of a movie, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. But we're talking <laughs> visual effects, okay? Yeah, visual effects. Not visual yeah, the visual effects, effects were crazy yeah, good in that it's movie. It's not always the best mm-hmm. film that wins. Yeah, how many how many robots with holes in the middle of their heads could we could yeah? Oh all right. God. Okay. Yeah, it's made it gotcha. This is a sore subject. This is a sore yeah. subject. Um, all right. So we're going to tackle the two music categories real quick. I'm going to bring up. Here we go. All right. So we have original score and we have original song. Uh, in score, we have American Fiction. Oh, God. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hold it back. That's how you really it's, feel. It's really just, feel. All right. How Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Um, and then for original song, we have The Fire Inside from Flame and Hot. We have I'm Just Ken from Barbie. It Never Went Away from American Symphony. Uh, Wazazi, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. And What Was I Made For from Barbie. What do we think about these music nominees? We'll start with uh, Nancy and Craig. Um, I really, really want... I'm just Ken to win. I ch- it's just such a catchy song, and Ryan Gosling <laughs> looks so surprised that it won. We at need the, him to perform it. The, I think that's what people really <laughs> want. I really want. Yes, him to so I I really want him to win, but I I do feel that uh, Billie Eilish may win this because uh, it is a really good song. And then for score, ooh, um, I guess Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was good. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Oppenheimer for score. I love love Ludwig Goransson's uh, vibe. I love his music love and I love his vibe. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, yeah, he look, the man looks like a Viking. He's fantastic. I love him. <laughs> Uh, and also uh shout out to john williams for yeah, uh, yeah. The, being, becoming the oldest ever oscar nominee uh breaking his own best record. original <laughs> yeah best original song i feel like uh, I, i'm assuming billy eilish was going to win for what was i made for but i really think that uh i'm just ken should win it's a more memorable song and it's uh written by uh mark ronson who's the uh artist behind uptown funk Everyone oh. thinks that's a Bruno Mars song. That's actually he's written a accredited lot. artist. Yeah, written a lot. Yeah. The accredited artist of that is Mark Ronson. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so, uh, but I mean, it's just like it's it's literally the best song that's nominated. Although the best song that wasn't nominated is Peaches. Wasn't even shortlisted. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. That's my biggest stuff. <laughs> All right, Andres, how about you? Yeah, for me, uh, best original song. Um, while I do like I'm um, just Ken, and I think it's a it's a far more catchier. 
I think what was I made for is probably going to win it. But I will say I, I did like the fact that they included the fire inside from Flaming Hot, which was one of my personal favorite gems of last year as well. It was one of those that like, you know, not a lot. It was just kind of dumped on Hulu and then it was just I, I really enjoyed it. But anyway, for best original score, for me, it's hands down Oppenheimer. I mean, it automatically got me with um with the track called uh, can you hear the music? And I don't think there's been anything that's even comparable to even that score in general, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of the places that it has to go in, in terms of just the emotions it'll, it'll invoke. I think it's Oppenheimer all the way. All right. I will and say with the fire inside, I feel like yeah. every year the Academy just says, Diane Warren, what, what song? Diane Warren could sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you worked on a Flaming Hot movie? Yeah, go ahead. Put it in there. <laughs> How about you, Con? Uh, if, you, if you're watching the video, I am wearing the Ken hoodie that Andres uh, so lovingly got me. So yes, I am rooting for I'm Just Ken. Uh, but Billie Eilish is probably going to win. She's going to have two Oscars and she's younger than all of us. So that's a crazy thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the other uh, for original score, I just... We don't have to recognize John Williams anymore. He, he has 54 nominations. I think it's enough. The <laughs> rightful winner should be Boy in the Heron. Uh, but I think I would honestly root for poor things just of how you, because of how unique that score is. Um, oh, yeah. But, but it's most likely Oppenheimer because it's winning everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, song, like a lot of you guys said, I, I would love I'm Just Ken to win. And you know, never know because Billy Eilish has won an Oscar already. They might give it to someone new. It's possible, but I do think she'll probably win. It's probably the more Oscar-y song. Um, score definitely should go to Oppenheimer. That was one of the most memorable parts of that movie, and it's such an immersive, amazing score. But I'm still pissed that they shut out Daniel Pemberton for Across the Spider-Verse because I think that score is unbelievably good. Those are my two favorite scores of last year was Spider-Verse and Oppenheimer. And you could have easily gotten rid of Dial of fucking Destiny, (laughs) (laughs) which is one of the most like cliche, let's put this on rerun kind of scores. Then you could throw in Pemberton there and it would have been a much more respectable category but that's just that's me i'm a little salty about that when i saw that nomination i was like come on jesus christ john we get it john williams is great but this is we not know, one yeah, of his best scores we know john williams we know he's good but yeah, yeah those he are one of the oscars is 94 he, and he still won't so yeah, what's the point? it's fine it's win. fine 54 <laughs> nominations nominated. That's I, mean, I mean i mean he got nominated last year for freaking um the the oh my god was it fablemans Fable yeah Man? the fablemans that and was actually like, that was actually good it, it, it was a good score, but was it worthy of an Oscar? Rise of Skywalker was also nominated, so that's the one you take out. Like, oh what God! Are we doing? Yeah, there's been some questionable noms, but yeah, Just that would be the only one I would have. I would, that's the only one I raised some eyebrows at. I was like, "Come on, what, what are we doing here?" But anyway, those are the big categories that we wanted to cover today. Obviously, there's some other ones that we didn't tackle, but you know, time is a precious commodity. <laughs> we yeah, we don't want to take up too much of yours or ours, but we hope you enjoyed our takes on the categories. So definitely let us know in the comment section below what you think of the nominations for the Academy Awards. Definitely what, you know, let us know what your favorites were. Who do you think is going to win? Some snubs that kind of angered you, perhaps. And of course, let us know what you thought of the trailer for Monkey Man. I know that was such a long time ago in a galaxy (laughs) far, far away, but let us us know what you thought of that trailer as well. We definitely want to hear your thoughts. But before we head on out, where can the fine people find you guys on the interwebs? We'll start with Nancy and Craig. I'll go first, uh, at PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, you can find me here on Film on Tap. Leave lots of comments. I love them. And yeah, that's about it. 
You can find me on Twitter at, at Barbarian Craig. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Gagner, C is and Craig, F and Frank, G A Y N I E R. So the French word to win because all I do is win. Speaking of which, I uh, made the, a recent appearance. I guess it was over Thanksgiving, so not that recent. On uh, the uh, on the fine show, um, Settle the Score, which Khan was just on this past week. Uh, and uh, yeah, you should check those uh, both of our episodes out on that. Very, very cool. All right, Khan, where can the people find you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm at uh, on Twitter at the King Khan. I'm on Letterboxd if you like reading my joke reviews for movies. My joke review for Maestro was by Felicia. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, you can uh, go watch my Settle the Score with Paul Yama, which just came out. And then also uh, our, our friend David Jindoyan's uh, Cinemojis game, which uh, all of us contribute in some way to, to helping him with. Uh, yes. The most recent was Amru and Marisol. So. It's a fun time Fantastic. watching. Yeah, it's a very, very fun show. Definitely check that one out. And Andres, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on the High Voltage Media YouTube channel. Uh, we're doing a review on Executive Decision coming out very soon. And then you can also um, find me editing the, uh, all the Cinemojis matches for the Doid <laughs> as well. We have just finished um, one match that is not announced just yet, but I will say – Valentine's Day is going to be a very great day. <laughs> but if you want to, but if you want to watch some of the older ones, you can watch the match between Tom and Khan here. So there you go. It's a good one. And that's where you can find me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, and then if you guys want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash and Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. Thank you guys for tuning into this extra special episode of the show. Thank you to Craig and Khan for coming on. We always appreciate having you on. Always a good time. Thank you for tuning into this extra long but super jam-packed episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you on the next episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. We'll see you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.